Hey, welcome to episode four of the Happy Raccoon podcast. I was told by uh, my good friend Greg Sheridan, who listens to this podcast, shout out to Greg, um, he'll actually be a guest on this podcast eventually, but he mentioned to me that I have yet to introduce myself, which I had not even thought twice about. Um, my name is Mason. I am the creator and only person, um, really uh, me and my wife, Becca. Um, but yeah, my name is Mason Cratch. I'm the host of this podcast. If you um, are here for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, if this is your fourth episode with us, um, man, I'm so appreciative for you. Um, even if this is just your second, third, or your first, I'm just so appreciative of you guys being here. Um, as always, if you're interested in learning more about why we podcast or uh, why we're doing this, why I'm doing this, please head to happyraccoon.net. Learn all about Becca and I's story as to why we're doing this podcast, what our end goal of this podcast is, what we're striving towards. And uh, anyways, super appreciate that. Head to happyraccoon.net. Again, not.com. .com is a very strange website. Don't recommend visiting it. Go to happyraccoon.net to learn more about why we're doing this. Um, another thing before we get started, um, some really exciting news um, is by now, maybe, we'll see, um, we should be launching our custom soap line. Um, this is something that Beck and I have been working on for a really long time. It's another area for us to monetize this uh, this podcast, but also just to build a brand around it. Um, we call it the Happy Raccoon Soap. Right now we only have one scent, and it's our lavender eucalyptus soap, but both of us, we just love a really good high quality uh, exfoliating soap, and so we thought, man, why not try and create our own? So after a lot of testing and trials and error, after a lot of money spent, we finally come up with a bar of soap that is unique. It's awesome. Um, it's actually not even a bar. We thought, man, how can we make soap an even better experience? Because we're so sick and tired of the classic bar of soap that looks like a little loaf of bread. Instead, we came up with the idea to come up with, like to actually have like an actual cube of soap. So it's like a big like cube of ice almost of soap. Um, to me, it feels a lot better in my hand when I'm in the shower. Um, but we decided, how can we make that even cooler? We put a rope through it. So it's basically combining the idea of having a shower poof, as I call it, or a loofah, as Becca calls it. Um, you're now able to hang up your bar of soap in the shower, which allows it to air dry, uh, which makes it last like twice as long. It's a really cool idea that we came up with. I actually really enjoy it. We've been using the soap for a little while now. It's why it looks so fantastic. Um, we absolutely love it. So if you're interested in purchasing some of our soap, um, all of the proceeds from our soap sales are going towards our fund to get us going to Bible college. Um, the goal for that is still this January. So we super appreciate um, if you guys are willing to, uh, to contribute in that way. Uh, go get some great soap. Um, it's on sale on our website right now, just happyraccoon.net. I hope you enjoy it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, we hope we become a regular part of your refreshing, your refreshing needs. Uh, we have certainly loved using the soap, and I hope that you do as well. All right, so let's get into episode four. Um, first of all, I, you know, I like to keep things light here on the podcast. This is only the second time that it's just me on the podcast. Um, next week, it was actually supposed to be this week, um, but next week we're going to have a, my friend Tim Ord on the podcast. Tim is an awesome guy. Um, he's one of the most well-respected barbers in this area. I talked to him a little bit about you know, his journey to becoming a barber. Um, but also I get, you know, his, uh, his takes on a lot of modern politics stuff. Um, a lot of the 
social things that you know we're dealing with as a country and uh, you know as a community of Christians. Um, he gives some really great takes, some things that you know when you get to know Tim, you don't really expect to expect to hear from him. Um, and then he starts going on things, and you're like, wow, this guy's got a lot of wonderful thoughts. Um, anyway, so I really encourage you tuning in next week to hear what Tim has to say. Um, he's an incredible guy. So lucky to be his friend. Truly, truly, um, I just love him. So um, I hope you guys tune in next week. Um, yeah, so again, if this is your first time here, um, you know, the first episode was just me. Um, the second episode, I had a, an Anglican pastor by the name of John Groves, who's another great friend of mine. Um, and then um, most recently, episode three, I had Mervyn Stoltzfus, who um, was an Amish individual at one point, and he tells us me all about the Amish people today, answers all of my questions like, do Amish people pay taxes? Do they know about the pandemic? What do they think of Donald Trump? All of the things that I think about when I'm in the shower, uh, he helps break down for me, and it was a ton of fun. I've gotten a lot of awesome feedback about that podcast, which I so appreciate from all of you guys. Seriously, so cool. Um, check that out. But here we are, episode four, um, a milestone indeed. I uh, made it through four weeks, and normally I do like to keep things really light, but today I'm actually sharing some pretty deep stuff, um, some pretty heavy stuff, and uh, some things that, you know, gosh, I'm just so passionate about. Um, and if you hear a little bit of a, of a sniffle in my voice, I am sick right now. I do not have uh, COVID as far as I know, but I do have a toddler who is a walking ball of bacteria. And she, she recently discovered teeth, that's her newest word, and so she feels the need every once in a while to cram her finger in my mouth and go, teeth, teeth, and, um, and thus I'm sure I um, have gotten some sort of bacteria that she so kindly gave to me. So I have a little bit of a sniffle, I'm totally fine, um, I'm going to power through this episode, I do have a cup of coffee. Um, anyways, so back to it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be talking about something that's it's really important to me, uh, I'm really passionate about. It's, it's a hard subject to talk about. It's not something that I see a lot of uh, people actively wanting to discuss, but it is something that is plaguing us um, just so brutally. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, man, I just, I want to share it with you guys and share my heart with you. Um, and so I'm going to get right into it. Um, and first of all, it, gosh, if I had time for a time, I said first of all, but it's really important to me um, that I communicate that I'm not speaking ever in this podcast from from a position where I feel like I'm in a position of authority. Um, I am I'm coming to you in this podcast just full honesty um, of who I am, um, of what I'm passionate about. A lot of things I say on this podcast will be um, very debatable, very incorrect. Um, a lot of it, um, a lot of my opinions on here may change over time as I mature as a Christian, as I learn more just about God's word. Um, so again, I don't want to, I don't want to come across, especially on this subject, um, as a position of authority. Um, again, this, this subject that we're about to dive into is something that, um, I have certainly, um, been exposed to and struggled with my own way. Um, I know several, uh, dozens of dozens of men who have struggled with this and women. Um, it's, it's truly a, a difficult thing to talk about. And if you read between the lines, you probably know where this is going. Um, but I'm going to actually start the very beginning, um, and, and let you guys know um, that effective Monday last week, I made the decision that I needed to quit my job effective immediately, which is not something I anticipated doing. Um, it's not something I enjoyed doing, um, especially, you know, the expectation is to give a two weeks notice. Um, I was not able to do that. Um, so I, I did, I quit my job, I resigned effective immediately. 
Um, and it's not how you see it in the movies where you slap someone and you storm out. Um, it was a really, really hard day. So the reason I quit my job, um, let me go back even further. About two or three weeks ago, I began um, uncovering Pandora's box, as I have been as I've been calling it. Um, what I mean by that is, is that a few weeks ago, um, I discovered that my boss, I'm not going to drop any names, I'm not going to mention the name of the company that I was working for, um, but I found out that my boss had spent several years in federal prison um, for um, various financial crimes. Um, he, I'm, I may be again misspeaking this um, a little bit, but essentially um, he was uh, collecting his, his employees withholding taxes and not paying them to the federal government. Um, and he, he actually stole several of his own employees' identities and took out massive business loans, um, committed several, um, several dozen crimes, and he was convicted of several of those, um, and, uh, and he spent quite a long time in prison. Now, I knew a little bit about it before I ever started working for him. You know, I like to do my own sort of background check before I start working for people. And, uh, and I actually really connected with that because, you know, as, as a believer and as a, as a Christian who believes that I am, you know, as lost as any other person next to me, and it truly is just by grace that I've, I've you know, um, that I get to go to heaven one day and that I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is through grace 100%. And so I really connect with someone who has a little bit of a spotty history. Um, so I told, I, you know, decided to sort of overlook it. At that time, all I really knew was that at one point he had a little bit of trouble with the law. I didn't realize that he had gone to prison for so long. I didn't realize the extent of his crimes. Um, but all that to say, um, what I was doing, my, my job, I was the director of marketing and public relations for a web hosting company. Now, if you're not familiar with what web hosting is, um, that is totally fine. It's a complicated thing, but let me try and break it down to, for you really simply put. Um, Every single device, my phone, your phone, your computer, um, whatever device you have is all connected to an IP address. So when you go to visit a website, if you were to go to happyraccoon.net, your IP address is really, it's not communicating with my website, which is just magically out there. Your IP address through the internet is communicating with a web server somewhere in the country, and on that server, hosts my website. So my website, happyraccoon.net, is hosted on a secure private server, and it has all of the files for my website. Um, and um, so when your IP address goes to visit happyraccoon.net, it's contacting a server, and that server is displaying the information from my website onto your device. So basically, um, and so basically my website is being hosted by a hosting company. That's kind of really simply a real brief look at what web hosting is. So my boss has been doing web hosting for quite a long time. Um, he started out selling computers, uh, and then he ran into some trouble, he came back, started out with this hosting company. So I've been working for this web hosting company for quite a while. Now, one thing about the web hosting company, and if you follow politics at all, you'll realize that web hosting has a lot of power. So recently, um, Amazon Web Services removed Parler from its web hosting services. Parler is like a Facebook alternative that caters more towards a conservative audience. 
So Amazon Web Services removed Parler from its web hosting services, which means that Parler now has nowhere to host its website, has nowhere to live, where in order to place its website. So when an IP address tries to visit Parler, there's nowhere for it to go. So Parler effectively shut down because of that. And since then, they found the new web hosting company, which is good for them. Um, but Amazon Web Services, other web hosting companies, they have quite a lot of power. So with that power comes a lot of... Uh, you know, area. So, so Amazon Web Services refuses to host Parler. Now, what you don't realize is, is that, although I am certain that this decision was a, a, was a politically made decision, what that what also can be a, a, a very real thing is that when there is a, a controversial website, there is something called a DDoS attack or or a various types of malware attacks. But basically. Um, various people, hackers from around the world, will target a website and attack it with different sort of malware that, you know, corrupt the site and make it unaccessible. And this causes a lot of pain and anguish and expense for a web hosting company. So, although again, I'm I'm sure that Amazon Web Services' decision to boot Parler was political based, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were also facing a handful of DDoS attacks, being that Parler was a particularly unfavorite. Um, platform. Um, and so I would imagine that there were some tax involved. So all that to say, um, these things are totally, totally separate from why I quit. I am sharing the entire story to sort of help you guys get a good picture of what's sort of leading up to this. So, so I started to become a little bit more aware and concerned because we had um, at work, a former employee of the company had called in. He had made a threat to bring a gun into the office. And he started blabbering about, um, and this is all hearsay, um, I'm hearing this from someone who told me, but he started sharing with me that, or this person started sharing with me that this former employee um, essentially said that my boss had conned him out of a business loan and then left him to pay for it. So immediately, my alarm bell started going off. Um, this is, I thought there's something that was in this guy's past um, I'm very concerned as to why I'm hearing about this now. And now I'm hearing that, you know, my safety could be at risk. So I decided to do a little bit of deeper, you know, deeper diving into, you know, what in the world is going on. Um, I'm, I've, I've been, I've, I'm, I'm supposed to be a detective, but I'm not. I ended up doing a bunch of research and, and uncovering all sorts of things about my boss's past, um, just how severe it all is. And so I started immediately having sort of one eye open to, to what's going on. Um, I started to be very skeptical of him as an individual, um, started having trust problems. That's not necessarily something, a relationship that you want with your boss, right? Regardless, that's where it was left. Um, shortly after that, I got called into my boss's office and he asked something I genuinely never thought I would be asked. Because you don't assume these things are around you, but I was asked to start advertising on an adult website forum, so a porn forum essentially. Um, the website is is called uh, GFY, which I'll let you figure out what that stands for. And it is exactly that. Um, it's it's a web forum where people are hosting or are posting, you know, advertisements. So you know, we'll host your website, um, all of that. And so, you know, as I mentioned before. Um, you know, the porn industry and the hosting industry have a really good love-hate relationship in that um, 
a lot of these adult sites find have a hard time finding a company that will host them on their site because of the content on their site. And these are really high ticket items, right? These people are, are hosting videos and images. So it's, they're, they're hosting a lot of content, which means they require a larger hosting platform. Um, and so it makes it incredibly uh, difficult for them to find a reliable hosting company that is still a good hosting company. So, so this is essentially, uh, my boss identified a really big market and he wanted me to start advertising and start finding more of these clients so we can get more porn sites on our servers. Um, upon being told that, I felt like a deer in the headlights. You know, um, I didn't know how to respond to that. Um, I went to my office and sort of just let that marinate for a second. And he, my boss followed me in and then he hands me an affiliate application. Um, if you don't know what affiliate marketing is, I don't have the time to talk to you about it right now. Look it up. Um, but he hands me an affiliate application. He says, oh, also, uh, this is a customer of ours. It's a it's a porn site, um, but he apparently has several friends that he wants to refer to us and, and we'll pay him for those referrals. That should explain what affiliate marketing is essentially. But um, so look at this affiliate application. Um, this guy's located down in Colorado Springs. I'm not gonna name drop, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say that the name of the website was, um, it was either kingperv or pervking.com, which, it's just a disgusting name, honestly. It makes me sick to my stomach. But, um, and it was, you know, in, in the comment section of the application, he said something about, um, you know, I've been a customer um, of yours for a long time, and, um, you know, you guys are great. I have several other people that are in this, you know, adult industry that are looking for web hosting companies that are US based like you guys. I would love to become an affiliate, basically. Um, so my boss, you know, he hands me this and he says, okay, you know, I want you to um, reach out to these people, give them whatever they need, make sure they're taken care of and onboard them, whatever. Um, I took about five more minutes to sort of digest everything I was going through there and I went back in my boss's office and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, that was obviously extremely easy decision to do that. Um, I told him no, and but immediately I was just heartbroken um, for a lot of reasons. One, I was heartbroken that I was working for a company that was doing this. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but I was also just crushed because I knew this was the beginning of the end of my job. And this is a really, really bad time for me to quit my job, okay? Um, aside from the fact that we're in the middle of the pandemic, I also have a seven-week-old daughter. I have another daughter who will be two in June. It's just a really bad time to be, to be put in this situation. And I hate that I'm being put in this position. I really genuinely hate that I'm being put in this position. Um, it's a challenging one. And man, I, I've cried on my wife's shoulder over this decision. It, it hurts. It sucks. Um, there's no better way to put it. I just, it's, it's awful. Regardless, um, my own curiosity got to me. Um, I went through our customer database and on our customer database uh, for this company I was working for, you know, there's pages and pages of our customers and they showed a list of 50 and for every 50, uh, customers that we had and then, you know, show their, their domain on there for every 50 customers we'd have about three or four of them would be a, uh, would be an adult site. And so I went home. Um, I spoke to, spoke to Becca about it and, and man, I'm just so thankful for my wife. I am so thankful for her because this is such a hard decision and, and to have, have someone like that in your life that you can just go to, and, uh, and, and to make those just hard decisions with, and for her to be so supportive is just truly, um, man, she's just an incredible woman. 
Um, but we made the decision right then and there that, uh, that I needed to quit my job, um, which was, again, really, really as easy as it was because of the reasons. Um, it was also really difficult because of the, the circumstances that it would put us in um, and ultimately the, uh, the consequences of that decision. So that was on a Thursday. Fridays I work from home for a couple of hours, so I, I let Friday pass. And then Monday morning I went in and I spoke to my boss and I told him exactly how I felt about, about it. And that's pretty much what I'm going to talk to you guys about a little bit as well. Um, I realized that I'm, I'm probably a little bit more tech advanced than the average person listening to this podcast. Some of you are probably really aware of what web hosting is. Some of you, most of you probably aren't. Some of you may be aware of how advertising works. Most of you probably aren't. Um, but ultimately here is, here's where I got really bothered by this. Um, these porn sites, the ones that, that are so commonly known, you know, the ones that are the most visited in the world, they have their own problems. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're awful things and, um, they they allow just terrible things to transpire. Um, but these other sites that, that, that we were hosting, um, a lot of them were illegal. Um, a lot of them were just sickening and immoral. Um, we're talking uh, bestiality sites, um, which I believe is illegal in, in some states. Um, the one that, that really bothered me was a deep fake um, porn site. If you don't know what deep faking is, um, it should really bother you. Let me explain to you really quickly what it is. Basically, with how advanced technology is now, you can now take someone's likeness, so their face, um, their facial expressions, you can take their likeness and you can Photoshop it onto an adult film actress while she's performing, um, and it'll make it look very real. That's what a deep fake is. So one of the websites was a deep fake. Um, I didn't go to the website, but I, I did some research on it. Um, and essentially, they are stealing innocent women's identity and putting them on the body of someone who is who is having sex on camera, and they're making it look like it's this innocent person who has nothing to do with it. It's it's disgusting, and it bothers me so much that this exists. And I actually have no no idea whether or not it's legal. It sh- it absolutely should be. Um. But they are stealing an innocent person's identity and forcing it onto to make it look like that person is using or not. To me, that is just disgusting. But that was one of the websites that was that this work that I this business that I was working for was hosting. Several like that. What what a lot of what we don't understand, or a lot, what a lot of people won't understand, and I have to break it down to you, make this as simple as possible. Is there is a whole economic world in the adult film industry. When you visit a, a porn site, which again, not something I am innocent of, right? When you visit a porn site, 
Whether you like it or not, every second there are dozens of transactions happening all around you while you're visiting that site. All of the advertisements that are on that site are paying the site to be there and to be in that advertisement slot. So we're talking banners on the website, little pop-ups, everything. They're paying top dollar because some of these websites are visited by millions of people every day. They're paying top dollar to be there. So these websites that are, or these advertisers that are intentionally advertising on adult sites are funding these adult sites. So this particular website with the deep fakes on it People are advertising on that website. So basically, they're making money off of stealing these poor innocent women's identity and putting it on their website. Where it gets really dicey, that's dicey now. Where it gets really dicey is that is that when you go to these porn sites, whether you like it or not, you are directly or indirectly funding sex trafficking. There are countless victims that we will never hear from ever again that are being trafficked every single day and put on film and put on random obscure websites that are hosted around the world and are visited every single day. And you have, you probably have no clue whether or not this person is being trafficked or not. But by you visiting that website and you contributing to the content on that website, you're paying and you're funding these businesses and these, these, these sex trafficking rings. So, so if you were to go to this deep fake site or, or any other site and they're involved, even in the slightest, even if they're involved in that they're paying for something or they're buying the videos, whatever, you are indirectly assisting sex trafficking for, to happen. That should make you feel really, really nasty. It makes me feel really nasty. Okay, but that is absolutely the truth and the reality of it is that it's a lot more, it, there's a lot of just disgusting reality. There's a, there's a lot of disgusting reality to what is going on behind the scenes when you interact with porn. It's not just about whether or not what you're doing is right or wrong. You know, I'm not going to come to you from a position of authority, um, but what I can tell you is that it's funding something really, really bad. And ultimately, because of this, I made the decision that I needed to quit. Um, I needed to cut my salary. Um, I now make $0 a year. Um, but I had to do that because at some point, as a Christian and as someone who has a strong feeling for what is right and what is wrong, you have to draw the line somewhere. And I drew the line there. And, and I need to draw the line you know, a lot closer to home, but I drew the line there because the company I was working for was indirectly and not intentionally, but by wanting to advertise and gather more of these customers and by hosting these websites, they are indirectly funding and enabling sex trafficking um, and raping, rape videos, um, revenge porn, all the things that nobody is really willing to talk about, all they really want to talk about, you know, it's such a a, a big thing right now to talk about um, rape culture, and um, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of people want to talk about, you know, why are the rape numbers increasing, um, and no one wants to talk about the fact 
that a large percentage, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, I did look them up, but I didn't feel that they were necessary to quote directly because I couldn't verify the source really well. But a large percentage of porn that is being watched today is, is very aggressive in its genre. Um, it's designed to appeal to people who like seeing something very shocking. So what that essentially gets you is that last I checked, this was several years ago, but the average age that someone is exposed to pornography, hardcore porno, is eight years old. So when an eight-year-old is being exposed to violent, aggressive pornography at eight years old, he is, is trying to, he or she is trying to digest what that is. And when they are faced with a situation where, you know, they're, they're attracted to a girl and all they've ever seen is that you can just take what you want from her because it's what they watch on the internet, right? They just assume that's how it is. You can just take whatever you want from her. That's how we found ourselves in this problem of, of these awful, awful rape numbers going up is that, you know, as men, you know, we're being exposed to this idea that whatever is a woman's is just ours for the taking. And that is just not the case. That is disgusting. It is unfair to women. And it's just a truly vile thing. But a lot of a lot of men and a lot of you know people that are being exposed to this can't decipher what's real and what's just to appeal to a large audience on these adult sites. So they see this content and they think, okay, yeah, I can just, you know, maybe, you know, in this video, it seemed to work out for this guy that he just, you know, grabs this girl in a certain way and forces himself on her and she seems to like it. Why is it so bad if I do? I'm sure she'll like it. How much can you trust someone to make that decision or, or to understand on their own that that is not real and not allowed, right? Um, there's the, the the damage that porn does goes so deep and in so many different areas. It's we're you know we've already talked a little bit about how it's funded and how you know if you are someone who watches porn occasionally, if something you struggle with, I I man, I wish you the very best on your quest. It is truly something that you you should find help for. Um, I don't want to, again, speak from a level of authority. It's not something I am above or, or better than. I mean, I am better than it I, and I am above it, but it's not something that I am blameless for. Um, but it's something that, you know, everyone should actively run from because um, we're talking about quite a lot that it damages. It leaves a bread, a, a trail of destruction behind you. We're talking the sex trafficking is one thing. That goes even deeper into trafficking children, okay? It, it goes so dark and deep into, into that. We're talking about um, women who who are ruining their lives, they don't even know it. You know, if you look up, you know, what, you know, um, some, some, some females that spent decades in the industry come out of it, like I have nothing else to, to show for. I, I can't go anywhere. Um, without being noticed, I am nothing now. It's you're not you're you're hurting the person. Whether they, you know, at the time they might think it's a good idea to go into porn, but you're you're hurting that person. Um, you're you're these porn sites, whether you advertise in it, whether you contribute to it in any way, it's 
it just, gosh, something over my own words here, but it just runs so deep and it's something to be so aware of. And one thing that's really important to me is, gosh, you know, as a dad um, of two young kids and is that parents, um, man, I just implore you to, to have really open and honest discussions with your children about this. Um, and you know, children is a loose term, maybe wait until they're a little bit older, but, um, you know, for me, I, I had to face porn on my own for the, you know, I had to face it on my own with no preparation. I didn't know what to expect, how to digest it, how to combat it, how to say no to it. Um, you know, I think that the, the approach that my parents had and bless their hearts, I love them to death, um, it's certainly not the approach that I would take in that it was mostly something that, you know, you just don't talk about it and you, you just sort of assume that you don't do it. But the reality is, is that whether you like it or not, you will be exposed to it. Your child will be exposed to it at some point. That is the reality of it. Even now, you can, you can access entire hardcore porn on Twitter. Okay, Twitter banned the former president of the United States, and they're banning conservative Twitter accounts, but you can get full hardcore porn on Twitter, a social media platform that is free to use and has no age limits. I'm telling you right now that your children will come across it at some point. The question is, is not how do you hide it better from them and how do you prevent it from happening? The question is, or the thing you should be asking yourself is how do I prepare my child to reject that, know what that is, and know that it's evil, and know that it's something truly vile, and know that it's something that God does not have for them, and know that they need to pursue something much better. Um, I implore you, parents, to, when you feel like your child is at a level of maturity where they can handle these conversations, to sit down with them and, and really talk about it. Um, it is something that is now becoming more and more ingrained in society, Porn um, and and porn addiction and and watching porn is becoming something that's really normalized. It's talked about. It's joked about. Um, it's something that is just extremely normal now. And no one wants to talk about the damage that it causes. No one wants to talk about the marriages that are ripped apart every single year because of porn addiction. No one wants to talk about how uh, the content on porn sites is is directly contributing towards men being brought up with an expectation of women that they can do certain things to them without their permission because they've seen women like it on video so it seems real to them. Um, no one wants to talk about the fact that behind the scenes um, porn is, is funding sex trafficking and rape videos and revenge porn. Um, no one wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about their own certain agendas but it is, it is my honest opinion and, and I really think that you'd have a hard time telling me I'm wrong that pornography is, is one of the secret hiding demons that, are, that is attacking us as a country and as a church. Um, the statistics are truly damning for, for the damage that you know, porn is, is causing. Um, and regardless, you know, like I said, um, you know, it's something that I'm passionate about. And the only reason I'm passionate about it is because I've seen the struggle firsthand, both for myself and people I'm close to. Um, but this was the first time I've ever been faced with a decision 
Um, and again, the decision to, to quit my job was easy, um, but really, really hard at the same time. Um, but it's really important that we have to put our foot down. Um, and I prayed that morning that I went in to quit my job. I prayed like, man, God, what is the best way to go about this that glorifies you and leaves a lasting impact in some way or another? And this podcast is just one small, tiny platform. You know, I'm so thankful for, you know, we're averaging around like 100 listeners an episode or so. So thankful for that. It's a great start for the first three episodes. Um, But, man, I'm just so disgusted and so sorry that this is this is going on. Honestly, it's what it comes down to, and I really am. I'm, I'm finding a loss for words. Um, but man, it is so important that we 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 put our foot down, um, and and that we address these things in our own homes and our own lives for what they really are. Um, you know, advertising. I don't think people realize the power that advertising really has. Um, I've worked in digital marketing for a long time. Um, and, and advertising essentially um, is paying and funding um, the modern-day media. Um, it's, it's funding porn sites. It's funding a lot of different things. Um, so when you contribute to those sites, and what I mean contribute, again, all you have to do is visit that site, and there are dozens of transactions all around you. When you visit those sites and you're involved in those transactions, um, you know, you should be convicted by that, I think. Um, you know, because these websites, um, no matter the one, I don't care how mainstream of a porn site it is, where it seems legitimate, it's so commonly heard of, um, there's a lot of, of bad stuff going on behind the scenes, I, I'm telling you. And, and again, I'm not speaking from a level of authority, but man, I just implore you to explore your convictions in this area and start to see... Um, pornography for what it really is. Um, and so, yeah, I, I quit my job because of porn. Um, and I quit my job because I wanted to take a stand against porn. Um, and when I found out that the company I was working for um, was involved in the porn industry in any sort of way, um, I felt sorry. I felt guilty. Um, I felt that there has been dirt on my paychecks. Um, you know, I, I did a a really great job bringing in more customers for that company and I regret every day of it, truly. Um, and, you know, I have this wonderful luxury in that I don't I don't have to live in guilt um, because, you know, my sins um, and my shortcomings, shortcomings and failures were expected by God and he, you know, he had already had me covered because he sent his one and only son for me. Um, man, what a, what a wonderful thing that is. But, um, I want, I want you, whoever's listening to this to, I guess, to think about it a little bit more, um, think about the impacts, um, it has again, I'm just a guy, um, man, I'm, I'm truly just a guy. Um, what I really recommend you do is if this is something that you're struggling with, first of all, I just want you to know that man, it's all good. It's okay. Um, you're not alone. Um, 
and and there is a way out for you um and i truly truly i pray for you and i wish you the very best on your quest um i recommend that you find someone in your church to talk to um if you if you don't have a church um reach out to me gosh i'd love to get you connected with a church i'd love to bring if you're local to my area um in the binghamton conklin area of new york i would love to take you to church with me on a sunday um but you know, Pastor Bob Catalisic in uh, Montrose, uh, Bridgewater, Montrose, is um, is a fantastic guy. Um, he has addressed this a couple of times, which I really appreciate because uh, not a lot of people are willing to talk about it. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's a, it feels weird talking about it, um, and it's it seems like it's something that a lot of people just want to be hush hush about, pretend it doesn't exist. Um, but it's something that needs to be talked about more. It needs to be addressed. Um, and I appreciate Pastor Bob because he's he's done a good job with using his platform to talk more about it. Um, he's someone who I feel I can speak from a little bit more of an authoritative position because of his knowledge of the scriptures. Um, but regardless, um, I recommend that you find someone to talk to. Um, and uh, I would love to talk to you about it. Um, even just as, as your buddy, if it's something that you're battling or you're, you're facing, gosh, um, I'm, I, I am there for you. I, none of my, um, anger or disgust is with you as a person. You know, I believe that every man and woman, um, is unworthy of God's grace, but we have been gifted it anyway. Um, we all have, um, things we struggle with. Um, I have dozens of them, um, but this is this is something that I'm very passionate about, um, and you know, again, this has been a hard episode to record. Um, I wanted to do something more fun and keep things light, um, but I also just want to give you guys an update on on just sort of what's going on in our lives. Um, I am currently unemployed. Um, I've had a couple of job interviews; um, those have gone okay. I'm hopeful that something will pop up soon. But in the meantime, um, you know, I am uh, actively looking for a job, and I'm just thankful. Um, I am thankful that I, you know, was able to discover what was going on, um, in a, in a timely manner. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm actively praying for the people at, at my job, former job. Um, you know, I left there, um, and I, I shared some words before I left, um, about, about the Lord. And I hope that the Lord uses that as an opportunity to, to plant a seed in those people, um, and to grow in them, um, Man, I feel like I've danced all over the place. Um, but ultimately, well, one thing, you know, I want to encourage you as well. Um, you know, I worked for this web hosting company. Shortly afterwards, um, you know, I, I found several web hosting companies um, that are Christian web hosting companies that vet their websites before um, they host them. If you have a website, um, I really highly recommend that you look into hosting with a Christian web hosting company. Um, the reason is is that if you have a website, it's probably a sh- you're probably using a shared platform. Um, what that means is that you're sharing a server. Remember I said that an IP address communicates with a server. You're sharing a server with sometimes hundreds and hundreds of other websites. So you probably right now, your website is probably being shared with someone else that is conducting a porn site. Now, that's not your fault. Um, it's the web hosting company's fault, if, if it's anyone's fault. Um, there are certain dangers to your website. Um, you know, if, if 
there's a DDoS attack on that porn site or that server, your website will be affected. Um, and uh, you know if, if that person's using a lot of the bandwidth on that server, your website will be affected. So there's several reasons to avoid it. Um, but if you're convicted by this at all, I really highly recommend that you take your website and you host it with a Christian web hosting company. I'm gonna be posting those on my social media pages and blogs. Um, and on my website, um, I have uh, I've reached out to a couple of them. I have not heard back. Um, I was hoping that we can have a, a relationship that I can, you know, put you guys in the hands of someone directly that I know will be good for you um, to host your website. I've yet to hear from them, um, but I'll be in touch with that shortly, hopefully. Um, lastly, another thing is I really recommend you get a VPN. Um, so I'm working with a company that's actually going to be a sponsor of this podcast really soon, but it's a VPN company um, called Pure VPN. And uh, I really highly recommend that you head to a website like PureVPN or ExpressVPN. What a VPN does is it essentially disguises your IP address and it makes it really difficult for advertisers to advertise to you um, and sell you on uh, on what uh, you know um, what they're trying to sell you on. So basically, if you go to a website and you look up, um, you know, I really like beanies. If you go to Carthart website and you look up beanies at Carthart, you'll probably see Facebook ad later. Um, it's because they're they're mining your data. Um, when you have a VPN, you just sort of disguise that. Once so you um, hide platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram from for being able to sell your information to advertisers, um, I highly recommend that uh, you know you uh, you do your due diligence there and prevent that from happening. Um, the reason being is that you know a lot more than I even know. The web hosting industry and the advertising industry, there's a lot of darkness um, that surrounds that whole area. And anything you can do to protect yourself and uh, and separate yourself from that is probably a good thing. Um, so go check out PureVPN um, and then go check out uh, my website shortly. I'm going to have some Christian web hosting sites on there. I'm also going to have a way that um, you know I might be able to help you out with, uh, with getting your website transferred over to a different hosting company. Something I have a little bit of experience in. If you're just totally lost in how you even go about doing that, it's something I really believe in. I will help you out any way I can to get you connected with a Christian web hosting company that does not um, host porn sites or any other um, sites that you don't want to host. Um, so I'll, I'd love to help you out there. I'll, I'll put a, a, a way to, uh, to get in touch with me there so I can help you out. Um, yeah, gosh. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Again, sorry this is such a, a difficult episode to probably get through. Um, if you've made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate it a lot so much. Um, and uh, yeah, again, um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit more fun episodes coming up real soon. But, you know, for today, I wanted to make sure I share with you guys sort of what's on my heart um, and what's been. Uh, you know, what's been driving me. So um, thank you again for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. I look forward to seeing you next week um, for our episode with Tim Ord. Um, and uh, gosh, yeah. Oh, and if you're interested in purchasing some of our soap, um, that is my only form of income right now, not to pressure you at all. Um, but uh, you head to happyraccoon.net. Um, you can go to the menu bar uh, where it says soap. Uh, go check that out. We're really excited to launch that um, hopefully soon. Uh, I know it's already on our website, so you can head, that to, head there immediately um, so you can actually purchase right now. Um, so go do that if you feel inclined. Um, if not, don't worry about it. Keep using that crappy soap from Walmart that dries your skin out. What do I care? Um, you smell awful. You should use our soap.
that's my sales pitch to you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. This is episode four of the Happy Raccoon Podcast. My name is Mason. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.